Hey everybody, Jay Shlansky here from the Fifth Trooper Network. I just want to take a moment to thank you for checking out this show. Did you know that over at thefifthtrooper.com we have tons of other content, including blogs, other podcasts, all kinds of stuff. In addition, if you want access to exclusive content, you can join us on patreon.com slash thefifthtrooper and join at any level and you'll get access to uh, exclusive blog articles, access to our private Discord, and much more. So please, Check us out, and thank you so much for all your support. Welcome to the Notorious Scoundrels, a Star Wars Legion podcast bringing you the latest news, general perspective, and competitive discussion. Hello, and welcome back to the Notorious Scoundrels. It is 2024. Oh man, it is. You are yeah. right. Wow. <laughs> I, uh, yeah. I'm Kyle. I'm here with Mike. Hey, hey, hey. It is 2024. Yeah. New year. New year, new us. But not really. Same. Yeah. yeah ish. Same us. <laughs> um, yeah. I always, uh, don't get me wrong. It's good to have goals. Uh, what always amuses me is that people are inspired only. Not only, but it seems like significantly just because it's the calendar date changes to like make new goals. Like you can make goals anytime for any reason, really. I also find Um, it really interesting because it's not even like a particularly fun date to like set a goal on. Like it's like, oh man, it's like crappy and shitty outside, you know, it's like, (laughs) (laughs) like, I don't, this, this, this isn't like a really great time to turn a new leaf you know yeah uh, yeah it's like i want to run more and then you look outside and you're like i don't want to run more yeah i'm, I'm good i'm good <laughs> i went outside today in shorts just to like get a little exercise i was like yeah it's 40 degrees and i was out there for like five minutes i'm like no nah, i'm i'm going back inside i'm done um, i did go to the gym today nice. and it was it was very crowded but that is like that's not an unusual thing for me um but it was it was funny how it's funny how you see a significant uptick in that sort of thing. Immediately oh, I'm, after I'm the new sure year. you you decided to go to the gym on like the probably their busiest day of the year. I have to sus- imagine, right? Well, it. I think there's probably like a non-zero amount of people that stayed up too late last night, and you know maybe like tomorrow or sure, sure. or the third. Um, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anyway, goals are good. It's good to have goals. goals Encourage everyone good. to go out there and make a goal that is not just a 2024 goal but you know a whenever goal um all right we are going to talk about legion today this is not like a self-help podcast i mean it is for legion. legions <laughs> yeah <laughs> specifically for legion so um yeah you want to talk about <clears throat> excuse me golden sprue first yeah, so uh, there is an event up at Golden Sprue in Schenectady, New York. Um, uh, it's on January 27th. You can find it on Best Coast Pairings, uh, and I'm sure that Jay will go ahead and link the registration in the, um, the YouTube uh, info below and on whatever other platform you're listening on. Um, that's just the one I tend to be familiar with the most. Uh, it's going to be streamed by the Fifth Trooper from my understanding and uh i think it's probably going to be five round swiss it's got a total of 48 players which is not i don't think in is it an even number for i guess not technically 
but it, it is for like the first couple of rounds and then it starts to get a little weird yeah 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 i i do think that we will have a probably a a winner um and i think uh last year we called it like the nick bodmer invitational because i'm pretty yeah. sure he, he won that one uh but yeah it's gonna be fun last year was a blast i gotta say it, out of all of the legion tournaments i've been to i would say that it's the most uh like it's like it's definitely about legion but the hotel rooms and the place that you play are like 15 feet from each other. So it's just like, you sort of roll out of bed, you kind of like walk in, you hang out for a bit. And then like, everybody's just playing Legion and hanging out there all day. Cause, cause everybody's, it, it's like the convention room is right there. And then there's just like a couple spindle arms off that, that, that specific room that we're playing in. Um, and we we just like we played like magic afterwards and hung out and ordered like 15 pizzas to the hotel and all just like we, we had a hotel to ourselves basically it's like it's basically we own a hotel for a weekend and just throw a giant party um a nerd party yeah nerd legion party and right. i think and i think this year um because of how successful it was last year uh, last year it was like an Age of Sigmar and a Star Wars tournament. Tournament. My understanding is that I think it's just a Star Wars tournament this year because it we had so many people interested. Okay, um, awesome. So uh, there's we're gonna have even more space. Uh, Nick Bodnar is bringing all of his sweet tables, so we'll have the uh, the packs the packs portfolio of tables and. Uh, yeah, so that's on the twenty seventh of January. Uh, highly recommend people people take a look at it and come hang out. I'll be there as well as I think Jay and Evan and Nick. I'm sure there's a bunch of other people that I'm missing on that list. I think Cirillo will be there too. Um, so yeah, awesome. Sounds super fun. Yeah, I'm I'm excited. Uh, it's definitely like a yeah. We get some like world's practice in, but we also just get to hang out and not not be sweaty. So. Yep. Sounds great. Yeah. Speaking of world's practice, I understand that you guys did a basically roundtable discussion of the world's format uh, while I was traveling for Christmas. That is accurate. So. We took the opportunity of you not being here to, <laughs> to, to, to be like, <laughs> that's not um, here. We're talking about whatever we want. You want. Yeah. Uh, so, but, but it probably would be good if people, people heard your thoughts on it too, I suspect. So I did not listen to the episode, so I apologize in advance if some of this is repetitive with what you guys said. The sentiment around this around the, the this format has been pretty um one sided for the most part. I think that's fair. Uh, so I don't think anything I'm going to say is a shock to people. Um, before I. It's going to be a relatively brief opinion because I think much has been said about this already. I will say that I think the most constructive thing from here on out, because the it seems very unlikely that the format will actually change between now and then, yeah, is to make sure that whatever feedback is delivered is delivered in a way that's like respectful and constructive, so that they can use it for next year. Um. So, anyway, my thoughts on the format. Uh. I don't inherently have a problem with like a require undefeated style tournament. There are, have been a lot of tournaments in Legion's history that are like that. I, w I wish that 
if that was the thing that it was either a Swiss for a significant portion of it, like, you know, like PAX was six round Swiss, six round Swiss, and then it got to top eight or something. Right. So if you lost a game on the first day, you could still come back and play some more standard format Legion. Um, the whole like three rounds and then a cut with one loss getting you removed is really rough for a three-day tournament because look i know that there is a lot to do at adepticon um part of the problem with the whole like at least for, for me personally like the well if you get cut you can just do lots of other fun stuff at adepticon is at least for me the most fun i have at conventions is when i can like plan things specifically whether it's participating in tournaments um doing things with specific people you know like you don't know you don't know who's going to be available on day two to like do stuff with even if it's i'll bring this board game and let's set up a game of whatever um it's hard to sign up for events if you're like well am i going to be available on day two or not so i i just i wish that it was either swiss for the first two days or there was some kind of redemption bracket where you could be like guaranteed a, a tournament of standard format, you know, 800 point Swiss Legion that you could still participate in, even if you got eliminated on day one. Um, and there's, you know, if you want to see the convention, you can always drop right in yeah. that situation. So I, I don't know. It didn't, it didn't make a lot of sense to me, especially if they already have to make 128 tables for the first day. Like you're gonna have all those tables, you're gonna have all that terrain. Uh, why not just like leave it out and let people play more games of 800 point standard format Legion? I, I, I know that they're doing like unconventional warfare and maybe there's a doubles tournament and stuff. There Personally, yeah. Um, I don't care about any of those random formats. I, I, I know they can be fun. It's like it's not, it's not for me. And it's also probably not what the 256 people that are coming to Adepticon play Legion like are coming to Adepticon for. <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, these are all people with invites. These are all people that are into competitive Legion. Uh, and I just I wish there was there was like an official way, especially with the way they set up the ticket wall and stuff, which I think is a super interesting idea. Um I just I wish there was an official way to like continue playing tournament format Legion after you get eliminated from being able to win the whole thing. Um, and it doesn't seem like it would be hard to set that up. But yeah, it is what it is. I, I appreciate the value of like the more casual formats. You know, that's like there's always tournaments are very visible, right? You always get a lot of people like walking by. Uh, especially when you have like a stream set up, people are like, ooh, what's that? They're walking up. Um, I think it's great to have a vehicle for like new players to be informed about what it is and maybe even like learn to play. I feel like last year they had a couple tables that were set up specifically just for learn to play games if people were interested, um, which I think is great. I, I hope that they do that again. I hope there's, you know, the learn to play thing at PAX was apparently very popular. Um, but I, and I think all that stuff is like super great and important for the growth of the game. Um, but so are like large competitive tournaments just because they're so visible. And that's what people want to do, <laughs> frankly. So 
um yeah it's it's unfortunate that um it's unfortunate that losing on day one just kind of means that if you want to play an 800 point game of legion you got to do a pickup game yep on days two and three um so but i would encourage people to just be like respectful and polite about communicating that feedback um you know amg will be there amg op will be there at adepticon i don't know if they're going to have a formal like survey uh i hope that they do i feel like people are always more productive and civil when there's an actual formal outlet for feedback um you know when that when there's like no formal outlet that's when things tend to get less so <laughs> <laughs> uh I know. I, I feel like I definitely there's a convention I go to every year that that does that. I, I I'm starting to think it might be might be Nova. Um, I don't know. I fill out like a fifty page like form every time I go. It's either Nova, LVO, or Adepticon, and I'm not I'm not remembering which one it is. But... I think it's LVO. Okay, maybe uh, that's what it is. Yeah, but anyway, I I hope that there is a vehicle to provide feedback besides just like walking up to people and talking to them <laughs> i mean if that's the only way then you know i would I encourage people to do that in a way again that's respectful yeah um <laughs> please but... make sure please <laughs> i just generally that's not how that goes <laughs> no i just yeah, again emphasis on respectful and polite yeah um it's it's okay to, to disagree with something it's okay to dislike something it is not okay to be a douche yeah so um all right, and that's all I have to say about that. As uh, Forrest Gump said, "I do want to do just have make any... one minor sure. amendment to what we talked about last week." Okay, uh, we had specified that the first day was four rounds. It is actually three. Um, yep. I'm not okay. sure. I, I I've heard a couple in a couple places that like maybe the tournament document originally said four, and then it was changed to three. I I don't know what's what there, but it is three. Um, you have to go three and zero on day one, as opposed to I think last cast we said we had been like, oh, you got to go four and zero on day one and not drop a game, which is significantly different, um, at least in practice as opposed to theory. Yes. Oh. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, it's three three two, right? For the the games that per is, day. That is my understanding. Okay. Uh, yes. Um, so yeah, you got to go. Got to go eight and zero to win win worlds. Yeah, I have no problem, by the way, with the three games per day thing. I think that's great. Three games, uh, I I don't like four games per day. No, personally. it's too much. That's it's too, too much. much. Yeah. Um, I it's it's it is something we can do. I do not enjoy doing it. <laughs> it's it turns, uh, it, it turns it into a marathon. Like three is a number where I can end the day and feel like we can go get dinner. And like you'll be up at a reasonable hour the next day and not feel too bad. But yeah. like as soon as we're into like finishing an eleven range, it's eh, too it's too late. It's too late. Yeah. yeah, it's too much. Yeah, so at least there's that. But a hundred percent. Yeah, for sure. Yep. All right. So uh the our main topic today, we started doing faction 101s again, because I think it's probably a good time to re revisit that. We started with Rebels. Um, I talked about that with Timbo. So 
why don't we do Empire? I feel like we've talked about Republic a lot lately. Um, it's because we have. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to be clear. So we're going to take a little break from that as much as I know Mike loves to talk about Republic. And I do too. Don't get me wrong. Uh, it's just yeah. the most interesting faction. I don't know. That's all there yeah. is to it. <laughs> <laughs> Objectively. Objectively, uh, yeah. In undisputably the most interesting faction. Yeah. You heard it here first. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So we are going to talk about Empire today. This is going to be sort of formatted similarly to how we did the Rebels. So we're not going to, this is not going to be like a, you know, like a tier list of umpiring units. We are going to talk just for context a little bit about what things right now uh, people are bringing in Empire just to kind of frame the discussion because when you're talking about strategy for a particular faction, it's unavoidable that you have to talk about how to use the units that is in that faction and that people are using. So we're going to start off just kind of framing like what that is that people are bringing and then we're going to go into just kind of the broad strengths and weaknesses of the faction and how to play them overall from like a you know this is a very like top down um this is not going to be like a nitty-gritty kind of episode if that's what you're hoping for so we'll see i mean it'll be nitty-gritty if for it, yeah I, we'll see how nitty-gritty we get that's yeah all. i guess i guess we'll find out it's it's me and it's me and mike so there's always the possibility that like best you know um even though we have the best intentions to not get into extraneous details and um, such that we will anyway. <laughs> we, we, we may just end up there. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see where this we'll see where takes We'll us. see it takes us. Yeah. So first, let's start off with people that are playing Empire right now in tournaments because, you know, this is, this is a podcast about competitive Legion. So we have to fr frame everything about like if you're going to tournament games, whether it's local or convention, whatever. Um, what are people that are playing Empire? What are they bringing, basically? Are you you're asking me? That I'm question? asking you. Yeah. So i I'd like to reframe that question. Okay, if that's okay. Sure. I'd like to reframe that question into what are the people bringing to tournaments that are successful? Okay. Yep. Um, that's fair. Just because I see a people lot are bringing, of like, Empire specifically yeah. that people bring to tournaments that aren't so successful and i think i think that that's one of the like main things that you got to think about when we're talking about empire is that there's there's a lot of things you can be doing yes um and only a few of them are actually pretty good <laughs> um so i think when i think of empire competitively right now i'm looking at lists that generally contain multiple characters um and i think in and also to tend to have higher activation like lower durability units in them what i mean by that are mortars strike teams um things that kind of activation pad you i think unlike a lot of the other factions that we see right now empire is kind of in a place empire is in a weird spot i think because several of the other factions are really built to be like the sum of their parts is greater than the individual parts on their own. The whole, the whole is greater than the sum of the parts. Yeah. That one. That's what yep. I was looking for. Yeah. Good I gotcha. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Uh, um, and I feel like empire is sort of predicated on, at least from a design perspective, 
empire units tend to be slightly more powerful individually kind of on the power scale than most other factions units but they don't really have inherent things that make them good with other empire units with a couple exceptions irg um you know some of the compelled dudes but overall like the empire units are not really helping each other out in the way that like rebel units help each other out or republic units or separatists like or shadow collective like they've got none of that really going on so i think competitively when i see what i'm seeing in empire list that i think is good kind of kind of goes back to the like the luke cook days of like yesteryear we're looking at like somewhere between 10 and 12 activations with like last first in bounty hunters or darth vader if that's your cup of tea we've also got blizzard force but i feel like I don't really consider Blizzard Force to be an empire list. That might be a controversial opinion. It it's is sort of. It's it sort is of objectively an empire list. It, it is an empire list, but it's it's, yeah. it's not really empire in the same. It doesn't. Way. It doesn't play like a typical empire list does. Yeah. It also like I. I mean, like I wouldn't consider a five hundred first list like a republic list. Like it is the. It is this. It's just they're built outside the scope of how you are normally able to play with the yeah. most factions. Um. So I think I think Blizzard aside, and frankly, let's I'd like to table the battle forces, I think, for a second, because I think the battle forces are are definitely something we need to talk about today. Yeah. But I think I'd I'd like to at least initially kind of be like, this is how you play Empire without throwing a bunch of special rules at it. That's um, fair. We and, can we can kind of parking lot them till the end. Yeah, it, it doesn't yeah. Even need to have to be the end, but I do think that um one of the one of the things I get asked a lot is like, how do I play an empire list that doesn't play as a battle force and make it good? And I think that that's the conversation worth having. Yep. And and I and I think a lot of it comes down to you need a lot of a lot of activations because you have to you need to leverage range it needs to be in snipers, whatever. Um, and and I think the bounty hunters are really they're just very efficient packages that's that's what i see i think working at the top tier levels and i think can work very good right very well right now um from my perspective yeah i think it's actually pretty similar to what we talked about with rebels where just from a list construction perspective they they're kind of good at many similar things and we with rebels we talked about how they can stack High velocity, pierce, and critical at long range. And Empire can do that pretty capably as well, right? They have they have core choices that can all shoot range four, uh, other than snows, obviously, but you're not taking snows in like a standard quote unquote empire list, probably. Um they have access to high velocity snipers. They have a character in Aiden who is very much like Cassian in that she has an unlimited range, high velocity piercing sniper rifle. Um, a lot of their special forces choices are very long range. And then they have a lot of good characters with solid command cards that like can be really good playmaker units. The primary difference really, as as you noted, not just between Empire and Rebels, but between Empire and the other factions generally, is that each of their units are kind of just designed to be their own thing. Yeah. 
Um, and I think that's that's really what differentiates them from Rebels. You know, Rebels have a lot of characters in particular that are like designed to work together, and Empire characters are just not. Really. You take Boba Fett, you get you get Boba Fett, right? right. <laughs> like, like, exactly. like that's, I mean, like rule with respect aside, you know, yes. like you 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 get Boba Fett, right? You take IG eighty eight, you're getting IG eighty eight. You know, you're taking Darth Vader. His command cards really don't do anything to help anything in your list other than him for the most part. Um, and yep. I, I, you know, they're just they're very selfish pieces in that way. They're 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 definitely more powerful. I think on a one to one, like if you're if you're comparing, you know, Vader to like Ahsoka or Vader to Luke, you know, Vader's definitely the more powerful character, but the rebel characters, specifically Ahsoka, like tends to be a little bit more like, yeah, I'm helping my team. Yep. Right. Um and Vader's just killing everything all by himself. Yeah, Vader's like, if everything else around me dies, I really don't care. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, yep. you know, I'm, I'm just getting in there. Yep. Um Yeah. Yeah. So basically, we're talking about shores, mortars, snipers, Iden, bounty hunters, um, Vader, death troopers. Ish. I th I think I think the thing one of the things that I would stress about lists that I I'm seeing do well right now is that they take a lot of core units mm -hmm. but they're not investing heavily into them in the way that other factions are or or special forces for that matter like right. you know we're seeing we're seeing rebels and republic like you know the wookies are everywhere arcs are everywhere commandos are everywhere you know ewok slingers are everywhere um in 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 full squads to be clear with the commandos um yes. and i think empire lists that tend to be successful are not following that trend really they're not they're not really taking full squads of scouts they're nope. not taking officers in their shore squads they're just they it's it's lean and mean on the non-character front i think for the yes, most part i agree yeah the old like two shores two mortar thing is kind of a very basic like if if you're a new empire player and you want to know what to buy Go buy two boxes of short troopers. Yep. Bing, bang, boom. <laughs> like that's, that's the like first the thing you should get. Start to every Imperial list for the most part. You know? Yep. Um, yeah, yep. I really think that re realistically, you probably only need like two boxes of stormtroopers these days. Uh, unless yep. you're like going hard in the paint on <laughs> doing something specific. But like shores and storms are like, shores are definitely better. But uh, they're kind of interchangeable outside of the like their their role in the army, right? Yeah, you can mix and match them a little bit too. Yeah, like if you want to take six core with Empire, you could reasonably do like two shores, two mortars, and two storms. Yep. And I don't think there's really another faction that has a possible mix like that. You know, there's no way rebels are doing like two vets, two MK2s, and two rebel troopers. Not these days. Um, no, no sure. not these days. So, um, all right. So we kind of alluded to some of them already, but what is like a a standard empire list good at as far as its strengths? Yeah, I think for the most part, a good empire list is going to do a couple things. Um, it's going to lever leverage its range. If you're not leveraging your range as an empire list, you're 
I'm not going to say flat out say you're doing it wrong, but like you, you should be able to leverage your range in most competitive empire lists. Um, empire like melee skews or like close range skews tend to be not, not as good as what other, how other factions can do it. You're not going to beat Wookiees, you know, doing that. You're not, you know, you're, you're just not gonna, there's, there's dedicated lists that do those things better in other factions. Yeah. Um, so leveraging range, I think with that being said, um, being able to actually do significant damage at range four, I think is is a is a big thing that um, Empire is good at. I'm not sh quite sure that right now they're like better than Rebels at it, but I do think that they they are like the second best faction at leveraging high volumes of dice at four. Whether that's Death Troopers, Shore Troopers, Stormtroopers with RT-97Cs, whatever. Like the snipers, there's there's a bunch of options you have there, right? Yep. Um, and you should be leaning into it. Um, they also tend to be, I think, with the exception of the Ewok Battle Force, Empire List should probably be the highest activation count armies at a tournament. Um, for the for the most part, yep. like you should you should be probably one to two activations up on your opponent if you're playing Empire. If it's not a mirror, yeah, I'd say minimum roughly. ten. Yeah, you definitely should be playing ten. I think you know playing playing eleven or twelve, depending on the list. I think is very defensible and even probably preferred. Um, but all a lot of these lists are built on being able to last first with your with your important pieces, and the the scalpels in the list are doing a lot of the work. They're doing a lot of the heavy lifting, um, mostly in the bounty hunters, I think. Yep. For sure. And or I, I would kind of lump Iden slash Inferno in there. The combination yeah. of Iden and Inferno. Totally. You know, that's they're much more like poking, right? In a similar way that Cassian kind of just reliably picks up like one to two dudes a turn. You're going to get the same thing from the Iden Inferno combo. So, yeah, I definitely think that. Um, that combination specifically if you don't know where to start you should start there yeah um, yep. like it's just it is a cheap efficient just really good powerful set of pieces to to just put in your empire list it will always be good it will never be bad um like the, the floor is very high <laughs> on on putting those pieces in your list inferno yep. squad is aggressively costed for what it is very it, much so um and i and i actually i like that with like a unique unique units i think should be aggressively costed i think that that's really cool i wish that like clan ren was in a similar situation in rebels like aggressively cost them you can only take one that's fine not a big deal um yeah especially since they're really best when paired with Aiden, who i think you could argue by herself is like maybe a little bit overcosted. Totally, totally. Especially when you compare it to 90 point Cassian. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Cassian is definitely a better piece than I did, yeah. right? And um, he's 25 points cheaper. It, and and he's also I dare say much more flexible in like you know, just what he can do every game. I I feel like I, I don't know. There's there's a lot of things going on there, but he's a different faction. It's not one to one, right? right. 100%. Um, yeah. So but but I do think like if if you're an empire player and you don't you're like having trouble right now and you don't know where to start, like I I would start I would just tell you get Iden get Inferno put put them in the army start there, um, 
because you can you can still pretty much put anything else you want around those pieces and it will be fine yep all right so strengths very similar to rebels um good long range reliable damage uh lots of critical lots of marksman lots of high velocity and pierce at those ranges um good independent scalpel pieces in terms of bounty hunters and then of course you have mr darth vader who is just a hammer piece really like no other faction has access to um i can't think of like any other unit that like if he just gets into your lines and you don't have a real answer for him you're just like ah all right i'm screwed <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't think it was always this way. Um, no. You know, I think that this is more, I, I shouldn't say recent, but like within the last two years, this yeah. is sort of kind of, you know, with the, with the edits to some of his command cards. And um, he definitely, if you don't have an answer for him, you're in trouble. Um, I do think that he, he, he presents an interesting like list building challenge. I think outside Blizzard. Um, yeah, I'm 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 struggling a little bit because I love Vader. I mean, I played some version of Vader for almost the entirety of last year. Preaching um, the choir, man. I tried to make him work for like the first three years. <laughs> yeah, um, I did make him work. <laughs> I know you did. No. I know you did. I yeah. just like you know. But now I'm 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 after the Blizzard nerfs. I'm I'm struggling a little bit to, to figure out, and after the choke nerf too. Particularly with Operative Vader, Operative Vader was my my BFF. Uh, I'm I'm just I'm struggling a little bit how to fit him in to a list. Um, maybe Inquisitors are an answer there. We they're not out yet, so we won't talk about them on this show. But um, yeah, it's it's an interesting uh, sort of thought experiment to try and build a list around Vader these days in a way that it didn't used to be. So yeah, I definitely think. Um... Like you can probably drop Commander Vader into most lists and like you will win games just by him being in your army, right? Like he he's he's a piece that I think maybe unlike most other units in Legion, like you can't just drop Cassian in your army and expect to win games. Like he'll be good, he'll be fine, but he's not gonna like if you don't really have a handle on the situation like he's not going to dramatically change how the game goes whereas like vader is sometimes like it's it's clear what vader wants to do you put him on the table you march him towards your opponent you get him in melee and he kills stuff right and when vader is successful at doing that you've kind of won the game most of the time yeah there's there's i've had a lot of vader games where you kind of just like yada 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 the first three turns of the game and then add but vader killed everything yes <laughs> <laughs> it's, just, it's just like yeah he you know i lost three stormtrooper units and a mortar but then i won because vader got in there and it's game over yeah um and so i, I he unlike most other units in legion he can put the entire game on his back even if you lose basically every other piece um yeah. Which is to say, like, uh, you can't go wrong, I think, with it. But it is he is a tough piece to use. Um, yep. So maybe, maybe maybe this is a good place to talk about Blizzard Force. Okay. Yeah, let's hit, let's hit Just, Blizzard Force real we, quick since we we're already talking about Vader. Yeah. yeah. I think Blizzard is still good. 
I think they're I think people need to adapt to the fact that everything is more expensive. And I know this sounds like heresy. Um I would personally drop HRUs and use T21 storms. Um they're significantly cheaper. They let you get to 10 activations, which we we've talked extensively. If you want to hear some good like Blizzard tactics podcasts, go back to roughly a year ago. Um, when I was playing Blizzard, like no, like uh, there was no tomorrow. Um, but basically, Blizzard is a objective focus list, right? You've got your speeders, you've got Vader. Those two units are very extremely good at a specific set of objectives, and you want to force your opponent into awkward situations based on that. And in order to do that, particularly for breakthrough, but also for KP, you need to have ten activations. The, the difference between 9 and 10 with Blizzard is wildly different. Yes, particularly on Breakthrough, um, but also on KP. So, and it used to be on Payload, but that's not something you want to be playing. <laughs> so, <laughs> Depends on who you talk to these days, but I agree with you. Yes. Yeah, um, <clears throat> which is unfortunate. But, yeah, so uh, you got to do what you got to do to push it to 10 activations and for me that's that's downgrading the hru's to t21s which is you know look they're not hru's but hru's are also pretty darn expensive now and they can still get picked off super easily by snipers which are everywhere so i'd rather just have like a much cheaper more expendable unit on the table and make sure that i can get those 10 scoring units on the table for breakthrough yeah i mean i think that this sort of fits in with our overarching narrative for empire in that that you sort of need to go lean on the core, right? Like the issue with the core is not that they're not, it's not going to like do damage. It's that you're going to lose your core units. There are as Pierce everywhere right now. It's just, and you have no, like Empire lists just don't have defensive tech. That's just not what they do, right? Yeah, they don't generate dodges. You know, you can sort of, I I guess you could run barrier on like Palpatine, but you're not going to run an invader because he's not going to be close to your dudes long enough. And and even um, if you did have barrier, like sure you can barrier like one shot, right? But there's three more coming, right? Yeah. And so you're as an Empire player, I do think to some degree the reason that you're padding activations in Blizzard and elsewhere is because you're gonna lose some. Redundancy. You're not you're not playing Republic. Yeah, you're gonna lose units, right? Um, but your units are also a lot cheaper, so you can afford that. Well, but. But not if you're investing in them, right? Correct. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and that's what you're I'm buying driving HRUs. at, right? Yeah. Is like, is like the reason you're keeping them lean is because you're going to lose them, and and you you just need to. That's an upfront cost. You need to understand your pain in the list building phase. Yep. All right. So Blizzard, it's still an objective list. Um, trim some, trim those HRUs or something else to get yourself to ten. So I think it's kind of got to be the HRUs. I think I don't, I don't know. I don't know what else you. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Blizzard was already running pretty lean, yeah. efficient but lean. Um. So yeah. All right. Should we talk about weaknesses overall of like a standard Empire list? You already just you you kind of talked about one just now. Um, which is for for as good as they're at stacking long range Pierce, Empire is like super weak to it. Also. Yeah, and I would say that. Um, they're definitely not like 
I would say like Empire and Rebels are like pretty samey as far as like stacking it goes against other players, but with the amount of long range Pierce coming out of Republic right now, that is consistent. The issue with the is the issue in for Empire players is that the the arcs they're going to pick up a model every time. They're going to yeah. have the aim tokens. You're not going to have a dodge. Like every arc shot is going to pick up at least one model. Um, Rebels don't have to worry about that as much because they kind of natively have a lot of dodge tokens floating around, and and you can you can dodge the arc shots. Empire doesn't have access to that, right? Um, which I think is a is a is a big weakness for sure. Um, and I think I think there's also like the rebel and sorry not rebel, the um Ewok and I guess Ewoks are rebel Jesus, yeah. uh, <laughs> uh, and Wookie melee skews also are packing Pearson melee right so like anytime there's just there's just a lot of sort of incidental Pierce walking around, and I I think that that's the primary weakness to Empire right now is that you've got to find a way to manage that on the table every game. Yeah, and as we're coming up with a weakness list, I can't really think of another one except that, as we've sort of noted, their, their units just don't they just don't help each other out a lot directly. But given that their baseline efficiency is higher, you know that's fine. Um, I don't know if I would put that in like the weakness category so much as just like a fact about how the faction works. Yeah, I mean, I think. Um... I think it's twofold. I think that because the Empire units tend to be more individual, it's easy to kind of end up in a in a scenario on the board where your units can't help each other from a um just like managing threat bands and like positioning sort of situation. You're like, oh, I don't share tokens. I don't really need to be like range one of all my units, but there are like some also like, like, and then all of a sudden like Boba Fett's like range three away from your army. He's out there on his own. You've either got to like activate him first to get out of harm's way, but then like your opponent can maybe like, I don't know, get around a building or whatever and, and like start taking shots on him. It doesn't have to be Boba. I'm using that as an example, but like, Empire's also got a lot of like infiltrating units that you can kind of toss out there and easily get stranded. I think I think that's the big thing is that it's very easy in the course of a game for Empire players to end up with stranded units um, because it feels like those units should be able to operate individually where you still need to like, there are still some core concepts of like playing legion gun lines which most empire lists are where you 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 still have to keep your stuff like reasonably together in order to threaten your opponent from making like an aggressive play against you right right you have to be able to punish a situation where your, your opponent shoots at your units and to do that your units have to be sort of close to each other right so that they can move into a position to do that if your opponent takes shots on one of your units so yeah it's very similar to rebels that they don't have you know the droid or clone thing where you have to like really worry about your internal ranges from one unit to the next which gives you a little bit more flexibility with how you position them but as you noted you just you have to be careful not to take that too far 
Yeah, so. I mean, I'm going to use this example not because it's a good example, but 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 because we were both there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> in our last game at PAX, yeah, you you split your army. I right? did, and you were not playing Empire, but it's the same concept. The same principle stands. Um, and Chewy ended up in a place where he couldn't guardian your sniper strike teams, right? And and like, it didn't end up mattering. But we both in deployment were like, yeah, that was a mistake, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, and 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 they were like range three away from each other. It wasn't like something you could just fix, right? Um, yeah. Like that was that was going to be the game state if for whatever reason I got to like shooting the snipers that were not guardianed off the board. Like there was nothing you could do about it. Um, and I feel like Empire kind of falls into that a lot with you know um, just general positioning sort of situations. Again, not the best scenario, but it is one that we've is recent. Well, and there was a similar situation like that in that game where it ended up mattering in that um, I mean they were not far from each other physically. But I had like my vets on one side of a rock thing, and I had my commandos on the other. And then I, based on how I essentially set up my reckless diversion, um, the vets were like far enough away from the other stuff that you were able to like set up a shot where you could shoot at the vets without having to deal with the reckless diversion situation. And that was because I was like, oh, I can just go around both sides of this rock. Who cares? Um, I was wrong. <laughs> yeah, and, <laughs> and and this is all to say that like I think empire and rebels tends to fall into this category a little bit more than the other factions including shadow collective shadow collective also has a huge incentive to keep their stuff together right right um and you still should keep your stuff together guys <laughs> and and, yeah. and that's just something that can feel like a very real weakness if you're like oh i'm playing empire my units don't care about being close to each other the answer is they really do yeah they don't have to be like you know like like arm in arm uh red rover style yeah, like yeah. like droids or clones but they they do have to be sort of vaguely in the same area at minimum um and there obviously there are exceptions there are units that can operate more independently than others speeder bikes are one such example because of course they can move around so quickly and um you know uh bounty hunters like boba fett if you can keep them hidden uh, they are units that can operate just kind of on a flank all by themselves. But yeah, generally speaking, like you're you're gonna want to keep your core units next to each other. You're gonna want to keep your special forces close to each other. So, um, yeah, keep your stuff together ish. Even though you don't have to share tokens and stuff, you still want them like supporting each other by being able to attack stuff that attacks the other unit. So, um, I'd also like to. I don't know. This might be my biases talking. Um. But I feel like when I'm playing with and against Empire uh, armies, the it it hurts more in Empire. I feel like when you lose a character than most armies, and the reason for that I think is that they they have a lot of characters that like your whole they like Boba Fett's got like six command cards, and if yeah. you got them in your army. He's got like like five, at least five of the six cards are like Boba Fett cards. If Darth Vader's in your army, like probably all six are Darth Vader cards. Yeah. It, you know, maybe it maybe it's five, whatever. Yeah. You know, th- they have a lot of units that um 
if they die, it eats your entire command hand. It's yep. it's not like, oh, I lost Anakin. I still have Padme's cards, right? I lost Luke. I still have Cassian's cards. Or I lost Cassian. I still have Luke's cards. Like, Empire doesn't really feel like that. Um, and that's, I'm bringing this up because I, I do think that they're losing, losing access to your command cards is a really big deal in Legion. Priority is, you know, huge and the command card effects just keep getting better and better and better and more powerful so like losing the powerful effects that you have access to swing a game also a big deal but i feel like when empire loses a character they feel it because you just lose so many more cards regularly yep there's yeah, not a ton you can agree with that there's not a ton you can do about that, <laughs> really. I just wanted to sort of call it out as a weakness in that, like, you know, I think I would be more tempted if to, like, hang my Luke out there than Vader sometimes because, like, like the number of command cards I have in my hand that are his remaining is, like, is part of those decisions, right? Um, Jen, and Jen, yeah. And the Empire command cards too are very splashy in like an offensive way. You know, a lot of the like rebel command cards are like, oh, okay, give other units on my side a dodge token or something like that. Whereas with Empire, it's like blow shit up with a rocket. Um, you no, know, and I would, I would, I would take that a step further and go and say that a lot of the other factions' command cards are kind of redundant there are a lot of republic has a lot of like everybody gets dodge tokens doesn't right. really matter which card you play everybody gets dodge tokens right? right rebels are in a similar situation it might not be dodge tokens it might be it might be defenses up or whatever you know like there are two or three cards that do relatively the same thing the empire command cards are like they're just they all do something very specific and you need it at a very specific time and if yep. you don't have it you don't have it right um which is really good and really powerful, but if you there, there's just there's not a lot of redundancy built in there. Yeah, Empire relies on its characters to make like offensive plays. I think more than the other factions' characters, even the ones that are kind of like hybrid roles or, um, really even like force users and stuff like that. They're they can kind of get away with like just be playing in a support role if that's what you want to be doing with them. Empire's characters, other than the exclusive support characters like Krennic and Veers, they kind of like need to be getting in the mix. And a lot of times their command hands are critical to pushing that over the top. So yeah, you you need to get your characters involved. Just make sure you're not getting them exposed. Don't get them dead in the process. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Empire characters are not ones typically that can just kind of chill and be, be useful. Yeah. They're, um, they're very action-oriented. Yeah, they're like five health bounty hunters that die just as fast as your stormtrooper units yeah. if, if they get caught, right? Um, and that's how you should think of, of them, frankly. These are, these are like 120-point stormtrooper units as far as they're how fragile they are yeah like ig88 you know i've seen people put him out there and be like hey he's a character he's got red saves he's got armor one 
This He'll should be, be great. <laughs> He'll be fine. And then he dies in two shots. Yeah. Because he's got five health, which is the same as a stormtrooper unit. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it, just be careful. Your characters are, we've used the term scalpel on this cast a lot previously. Basically, that means that a unit that when used with care and precision can really like cut deep and do a lot of work, but one that you know, like you can snap a scalpel pretty easily, right? And th- and that's the case with a lot of Empire characters is a lot of them are very mobile. They have some very unique and powerful command card effects. They do very good damage at certain ranges. But at the end of the day, they're still just like, you know, sacks of meat or robots with a health value that typically doesn't have a lot of defensive tech or ways to be supported with defensive tech by other units. So... Yeah, think of him as like a, you know, a JJ, it's a Stormtrooper unit, right? Boba Fett, again, yeah, he's got surging saves, but those are super fickle, and he's got five health, so he's a Stormtrooper unit. <laughs> Yo, uh, really, really minor tangent. Um, yep. But uh, I was playing against Josh, uh-huh. uh, I think last Thursday, and uh, he crit my Yoda three times. Okay. Um, and I, I rolled all blanks and it just uh, <laughs> I just wanted to let you know <laughs> because I never managed that in our game yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I shot Yoda I definitely shot Yoda too much in our game that was that was a mistake yeah. I think if I had not done that that turn six would have been very different <laughs> but anyway that, oh, kind of tying that back together yeah, like, yeah. like you know the, most characters are you know sacks of meat right that just can kind of die instantaneously if you leave them out there um you just lose a lot more i think with the empire characters yeah and they don't tend to have pierce immunity or anything like that typically either so you know those those ranged attacks that have pierce in them can really like chunk some health off in ways that it wouldn't necessarily work against a force user or something like that so yeah and 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 they've got no defensive tech to mitigate the the pierce attacks right like Correct. a lot of the other yeah. factions are like yeah <laughs> we're doing things to bring the total down but umpire just like nope it's five pierce one godspeed hope you roll better than average <laughs> right yeah <laughs> <laughs> yep exactly uh, all right um should we talk about just some like gun line basics real quick because umpire standard umpire lists are so typically focused on that yeah and and i think um i think it's important to point out that a good empire lists are still standard gun line lists that aren't battle forces to be yes, clear right. um they don't they really haven't found a niche elsewhere yet um and until that changes i'm gonna <laughs> we're gonna live and die on that hill um so if you want to change it go out there and and get those dewbacks rolling but until then we're going to talk about gun lines i think you could integrate actually i know this is not where we intended to go with this but briefly i think you could actually integrate bikes into quite a few like reasonably decent empire lists yeah um that's fair i think people blizzard was and still is so amazing with the four bikes that I think people have kind of shied away from three standard three bike empire lists because they're like, well, this isn't four, you know, this is horrible. But speeder bikes are pretty reasonably good, efficient units for 70 points. And I think there's still some of the best speeders in the game, even if you can only take three of them. So I think there's probably some unexplored territory with spending some chunk of your points on three bikes 
in an empire list. Um, I'm not sure exactly what that ends up looking like, obviously, because um, I haven't tried it myself since Blizzard, but I think there's probably some unexplored territory there. It's definitely not dewbacks, <laughs> as you noted. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, for sure not. <laughs> but I, th I think you could potentially break some convention a little bit with bikes. Just normal, good old-fashioned, throw three bikes in, in there. And, yeah. and do do like a you know Vaderless Blizzard type situation, maybe you your playmaker units are bounty hunters or something instead of instead of Vader. But yeah, I, I agree. I think it's um, I think you, you really need to find. I think the big thing is, in order to make that work, you need to find an incentive to not play Blizzard, right? Like because sure. four, four bikes is pretty good, right? Four bikes so is like, very good. You, you yeah. need you need to have a reason. I think. You need to, to do the other thing. And 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 that reason definitely could be out there, right? Um, I think nobody's landed on it yet. Um, there are definitely like there are good pieces in Empire that aren't in Blizzard that work well with bikes. Like Inferno tends to like it's sometimes the repair kind of just like goes by the wayside, right? Yeah. It's not bad if you've got bikes in your list. It's just like yeah. oh, incidental, like they they happen to like clip a bike at range. Great, I put it back, you know. Yep. Um and it's kind of free, right? Yep. Um, and I'm not saying that's like a reason to to play a list. It's something to like outside. not forget if you happen to be running Inferno with bikes. Well, and and I think it's it's a reason to like you know Iden and Inferno are also like some of the better units in Empire. Like that would be the first place I would be putting my bikes, right? Like is yep. in in shells that are already good. So, um, no, I agree with you. Um. All right. So Gunline 101. I think I think the biggest thing with gun lines is just kind of managing your ranges. Uh knowing that the old like speed two move with a trooper unit is slightly less than six inches and one range band is six inches. So if you set up your shores or your mortar or whatever to shoot something at exactly range four and not slightly less than range four, that means that that unit, if it's not a range four unit, is not going to be able to move up and shoot you. Even if you set aside suppression considerations and such, which makes that equation even less favorable for the shorter ranged unit, but you, you just you know be aware that that's a thing, and manage your ranges. And as as we said before too about like keeping units close enough to each other to threaten, if one of your units gets attacked, basically you, you want to do that as well in that like. If you've got a short trooper unit or something and you're moving up to take a shot, make sure that you're not moving up so far that if you have another short trooper unit nearby, they can't move up and also take a shot if something attacks that short trooper unit. So So I'd like I'd like to continue with that line of thought. Um okay. because I think I think I I think we we can even boil it down into a couple more like easy rules to like live by and and okay. i think i think empire is in a unique situation in that um you're gonna out activate your opponent mm -hmm. which is like a huge advantage in the gun line fight a yes. lot of the time the fact that you get to go last means that you can like use a stormtrooper piece is kind of like a last first and like move them into a higher co like combat range at the end of a turn where your opponent can't respond and like take a good chunky shot right um in theory but i also think that um fr from a gunline perspective 
when you're activating your units in a gun line. And I think that this is super important. And I don't think we, I definitely don't talk about it enough. Um, you should activate the units in the back first. Yeah. Almost always. There are definitely some like exceptions, but you want to activate the units in the back first, bring them up, but generally don't bring them up farther than your farthest forward unit that is unactivated. The reason for this is that you are projecting a threat range, an unactivated threat range from your foremost unit that your opponent has to respect for the duration of the gun line battle. That should be the last thing that goes unless your opponent like gets off the chain and like really starts to fight, you know, which if they did that, they're probably losing. Um, it's kind of like a who blinks first sort of situation yep. in that respect. Right. So I, it never really clicked to me to talk about it in this sort of way before, but definitely you should, you should always, if you don't know what unit to activate, activate back forward. Almost always. Yeah. I would say to the extent that you're talking about like combat units, that's true. I would typically try and activate like support units or you, we could go into a whole conversation about tempo, but usually like when I start my turn, I kind of do an assessment about like which units need, are there any units that absolutely need to activate first, right? Basically, and that's usually like either A, units that are exposed or B, units that have like a extremely like good chance that you can't pass up to do a lot of damage. No doubt. Um, And then, you know, it's like, then you've got your timing neutral units and then you've got your passive units. Um, right. Yeah, I guess let's get even more specific. I guess what I'm talking about is like the opening stages of a gun line fight. Okay. In like in like turn one and turn two. Yeah. The you the, should, the you positioning never, battle. Like you, it's a positioning battle, and projecting a threat range is pretty much the most important thing you can be doing. Yep. Because you're not, you're probably not getting good damage in if you're playing against a competent opponent. Correct. Um, and so. It's, it's all about positioning and being able to be flexible with where your most flexible unit, which is going to generally be the farthest one forward, yep. um, depending on the terrain, like that could, there are some things that could change that, but let's assume for a minute that like, we're not talking about terrain stuff. Um, you you want to go with the back ones first, but I think to your point about like figuring out like, um, like sometimes you go first with the closest unit, right? In in the gun line fight. But generally that's after um the battle line has kind of like opened fire at range yeah. three, right? And so the reason for doing that is you go first with the foremost unit, you activate them, you shoot, and then generally move them back into your line so you have a new unactivated threat kind of projecting unit in front so that your opponent now has to play into that unit. They don't get to just eat the unit that was up front for free, right? Right. Um, and so, yeah, I, that's a that's Gunline 101, I sort of feel like in a kind of in a nutshell. Yeah, I think it's easy, especially with Empire, because, you know, Empire is like the aim token faction to kind yeah, of get, yeah. get in this rhythm of like, oh, aim, shoot, aim, shoot, aim, shoot. But... Always be thinking about if a move shoot or shoot move is going to be better for you because a lot of the times it is. Um, if you already have, if you're in a situation where, like you said, you're already kind of engaged 
with your opponent. If there's like multiple units that are at range where they can either make an attack or be an attack, then maybe you want to just do that to try and do as much damage as possible. But sometimes in the initial stages of that fight, like latter half of turn two, like start of turn three, often, like you noted, you'll have a situation where there's just one or two units that are kind of in that zone, in that mutual zone where you can attack each other with like meaningful attack pools, which typically we're talking about range three. Um, and if that's the case, if it's just like one or two units, you might just want to go with that unit first and then turn it into zero units. Yes. And and I think that that happens more often with Empire than the other gunline factions be, because they have an incentive to kind of last first you with them. Mm. Be, because you do get, you're like, okay, I've got 11 activations. I'm going to pull the Stormtrooper unit into range three at the end of the turn, and then I'm going to blast you, right? Which means at the start of the next turn, because you probably didn't kill the unit, it's a Stormtrooper unit, right? You know, um, you're going to have to, you got to get them back to safety, right? Um, and and whereas if if it's like an eight on eight activation fight or like a nine on nine, I feel like you generally end up with more units in the range, in simultaneous range band fights than if you're out activating your opponent significantly. Yep, I tend to agree. It just, it, it turns into more of a straight slugfest earlier. Yes. Yeah. Um. All right. Any other like sort of general standard playing empire tips? Um, I think I I would like to. I think with empire stuff, it's easy to get caught up in the I were like the shooty killy faction, and it's very easy to kind of get sucked into the like. No, I need to kill that unit right now and and not be happy with like marginal value plays. Um, and I see this happen a lot with like bounty hunters. Yeah. And that people sort of get sucked into like, no, Boba Fett's got to kill that whole unit. So I'm going to take the aim token sort of situation. Kind of what you were alluding to before with like Boba Fett's got to do damage. He's, he's just got to kill the thing. Yeah. And, um, no, you should you should be happy with the two models Boba Fett picked up off the table and put them somewhere he can't be shot. At. Uh, yeah, and and that goes with a lot of the Empire characters. Uh, you know, even even like Vader. Like if you didn't do damage with him, it, at the end of the day, keeping your pieces safe is more important than your pieces doing damage still. And and don't Typically. let don't let yeah. that get kind of take your focus away from preserving your units just because they're cheap and you're expecting to lose them does not mean you should give them away um yes and and i tend to see that a lot um yeah this is not like you know russian style like penal unit you know flames of war type situation <laughs> they're they're, um, they're not 14 activation ewoks right right <laughs> like like yeah you, your your units are still they're cheaper right but they're still going to be like more they're they're still more expensive than rebel units they're still more expensive than most droid units so if you're taking shores they're more expensive than most republic or shadow collective units that's true yeah D just to just so that we're like on level here yeah. like the core units are still expensive <laughs> yes yeah i mean shores are 84 points 
yeah. right? Which is more than a phase one. So I think uh, it's also more than a phase two mortar. Yes, it definitely is because if a phase two C6 is 87. Yeah. Like, so, yeah. Yeah. Um, that said, Shores have a, you know, relatively little need to be supported by anything. Uh, they have, and they have very good offense. Well, they're great. Range unit. three and decent offense at range four. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, it's right. Don't throw them away. They, they still are die still, like stormtroopers. They still die like stormtroopers. Yeah. yeah. Um, and stormtroopers too. Don't throw your stormtroopers away either. I know they're like the, the original red shirts. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, they're still important, useful units that if they get to stick around, they can do some decent stuff. So, All right. Um, should we talk about Tempest real quick? Yeah, I definitely want to spend talk some time talking about the battle forces that are not blizzard because i yeah they're different i i'm not i'm still not convinced tempest is good um it's it's not bad yeah, I, yeah i'll give you that i will say that so far the way i feel about tempest is that it's like it's fine um i actually think remnant is better than tempest um and i think remnant is still kind of like low-key one of the better lists you could be running these days yeah i tend to agree with that um just because it kind of cranks the efficiency levels of like all of the empire units are like good on their own right and then all, now you're just giving them all free aim tokens right yeah, <laughs> yeah the it, lack of any like real command cards is it's, it's definitely awkward yeah um but and gideon isn't great he's like not. he's he's really not yeah. not not good um but yeah, let's talk about Tempest. Uh, I'm I'm curious to hear your thoughts on that. I mean, I think there's really like two ways to run Tempest, and mm -hmm. that's either some kind of ATST saturation, which and there's even that. I think there's many different ways to do. Um, yep. You could do the just point blank grenade launcher triple ATST, get in your face and force your opponent to answer it kind of a thing. You could do the triple ATST longer range. Uh, you can't shoot me with anything, but all my stuff is range four. Or all my important stuff is range four, kind of a thing. Um, you could do some mix of like ATSCs and bikes. So there's that, and I think that's like if you want to play an ATST, I think that's easily the best way to do it. Oh, as yeah, part it's of not close. course, and it's, it's not, not close. close. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there's also the like six scout sniper <laughs> situation. Possibly with an ATSD, possibly with the bikes. I think I think that could be better than people are giving it credit for, personally. I Six. think if it was in any other meta we've had in this game, I might agree with you. I think I think the fact that Wookie spam lists exist. Is yeah, really <laughs> yeah, that's definitely true. Um, I just like I don't know what you do against the, like in that matchup or or like the Ewok spam stuff. It's like Ewoks feel like a little bit more tenable because I feel like yeah, your full scouts might be able to delete an Ewok squad with regularity. Yeah, if you get some good range two shots on there, but even it, like a good range two scout shot is going to be like okay, 
like I did five wounds to your wookie unit. I kill one. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> you know? I've turned to nasty on. You're still like cracking back for like, right, and now we're at range two from one. each other. Like, like yeah. you know, um, right. I, I, I don't know. Um, but I think it could be pretty good against like uh, almost literally everything else. You know, six snipers is a lot. It is a lot. Um, I definitely think that. Yeah, I. I agree. I think it's pretty one dimensional in that you well, yeah. don't have a lot of like flexibility in what you're doing. It, mm-hmm. it definitely is po- a powerful thing you can do. Um, it also doesn't really use the strengths of the battle force in that all of the battle forces command cards, except for one, are vehicle related. And um, yeah, it it doesn't it doesn't do any it doesn't leverage the battle force in any way except for the ability to take six of something. Which is, I mean, which look, is not nothing. Brace, breaking force orgs turns out is real good. Yeah. Um, you know, I think have we? I don't think we've seen anything that doesn't break the force or not make some sort of wave. Um, there was, I think, there was too many double negatives in there for me. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> I, every everything that has broken the force org in some way, shape, or form has been at least kind of good. Yes, um, that's true. You know, I think the the one that has maybe been the least good is the separatist invasion force, yeah. probably. But which is still and ran part that of that to success. Is, yeah, and part of that too is because it's not really that different from like a normal separatist list. <laughs> yeah, not totally. Um, but yeah, I mean, anytime you break the force org, I think that in and of itself is super powerful. I mean, I think. If the only thing Blizzard gave you was well, four speeder bikes, like it would be fine. Yeah. Right. Like if the only thing that the 501st gave you is you could take four special forces, it would be fine. You know. Um anyways. Uh but yeah, I think um I actually think that the vehicle version of Tempest is probably the one that scares me the most. Yeah. Um and mainly because it um it really pushes my pet peeve buttons of things that are uninhabitable. <laughs> uh just because I I don't know. I don't like vehicles. Um but you can you can really like you probably shouldn't play payload, but if you're gonna play payload in a list, like play it in that list, you know. Yeah. Um and people, I mean, a lot of people kind of undervalue the possible shenanigans on things like hostage. Yep. With three ATSTs. Because hostages you... are displacement is not an enemy effect. Uh you can displace your own hostage to get it closer. And this is you know, people are like, well, how does that work? Because the the person that moves the unit, in this case, the ATST, is not the person that moves the unit being displaced. But because of how big the ATST base is, you can create situations where there's like literally only one direction to move the unit. Yep. <laughs> and for your opponent's hostage, that's going to be towards you. And for your hostage, also going to be towards you. And by the way, they get suppression too when that happens. And then they also get blocked from moving back the direction <laughs> that they actually want to go. Yeah, they're um, going in the wrong direction. And yeah. they, are, they are also going to go in the wrong direction again. Yeah, and right. you can do that with the scout moves. And then you can do it with 
the actual ATST moves, and you can do it three times. Yes. So, uh, yeah, don't play hostage against triple ATST. Yeah, and like even in that vein, like playing breakthrough against triple ATST, they can just wall their ATSTs so that you can't shoot any of their units that are breaking through. You know. Um, yeah. And like screen them. You know, they can do the same thing with like bombing run. Like there's there's a lot of tech you can use with uh mobile you know how big is an atsd like 10 inch tall buildings right that you can make adjacent to each other right <laughs> right um with how the new vehicle silhouette stuff works so yeah. um yeah they're basically like giant grain silos that you're just moving around the table and right you want. Yeah. they could not shoot They'd probably be bad, but like they'd still be effective at doing some like really crazy objective stuff. Um, That's why people take naked buses in Shadow Collective. Yep. It's... Anyways, I don't like it because it really, uh, I think, detracts from my experience, but it is yep. a powerful thing you can be doing. And I do think it's one of the reasons to take Tempest. Um, yep. All right, what about Remnant? Yeah, I mean, I so I think Remnant leans into the Imperial fantasy potentially the most in that it's just like, nope, we're going to line across up across from each other and we're going to shoot each other and I'm going to have more guns than you. And um, it kind of wants to start the, the gun line battle early. And I think it just sort of, leverages the fact that your units are like just hyper efficient and makes them more hyper efficient if you lose your units you lose if you don't lose your units you win you know it's kind of it, there's not a lot of play to it i feel like in that regard outside of like standard gunline play right like when it, there's no there's no command cards really you don't have any tricks you're just trying to shoot your opponent off the table um and it has a lot of just innate tools to do that um that's really all i have to say about it. it it's not really effectively that different from like a normal imperial gun line outside you have less tricks and your stuff's just better right um well your stuff's better at shooting specifically yes it's shooting specifically it still dies yeah. dies the same for the most i mean you part. could take dodge tokens with your independent actually which would be reasonably helpful against arcs you yes but, that that's that's probably fair um i definitely have not played against remnant in a while um and that would probably be decent in the opening stages of the game when you're right. not shooting right? right taking the dodges when you're not shooting would be fine um but yeah you know um still right. still b plus i think list as far as like what Imperials have access to, I think I think all the Imperial battle forces are just good. They are, yeah, right. Are you using dark troopers with that? Um, man, I, I just wish we lived in a world where I never had to say the word dark trooper ever again. <laughs> um, I dark troopers still scare the ever living bejesus out of me. Um. So yeah, I th I think dark troopers are like it's one of those units that can never win a tournament anymore. I think because it's they're a little too easy to kill. I think to make it through like eight rounds without just getting tabled once. 
um, because somebody, especially if you're running to like a Wookiee list or something like that, there's just yeah. there's a lot of incidental impact Pierce running around at the moment. Um, whether it might not be impact, it might just be like critical or yeah, surge crit, right? Right. Um, you know, but there's a lot of just dark troopers sort of just get eaten up, which I think is fine. It's we've seen what the world looks like when dark troopers are good and it's not one most of us want to live in. So, um, but it is a list that can ruin your day. I think still it is a, it is, I would, I would put dark troopers in the spoiler, the spoiler category there. If you're bringing dark troopers to a tournament, you're not there to win it. You're there to spoil somebody else's run probably. And, and that's not to say that, like, I'm not saying that that person is a bad person for doing that or whatever. Uh, but um or even that that's their intent but that's, gonna that's, be, the, that's right that, that's that, going to yes. probably be the result of what that they're doing. right yeah. Th- that is likely to be the result um of it's at a, least it's a, a gatekeeper a game or two. List. yes yeah. Uh, yeah um so yeah i don't know i think most lists i build nowadays um are able to handle uh armor at least in a to a point that you know you can play the game if you you know uh but I think I think dedicated skews are still a thing that you know sometimes you just don't roll crits. Um, yep. So okay, I don't know. Fair. What was your original question there? You said like if what you, do you think if, about dark if, troopers? If you're dark troopers in remnant specifically. Yeah, I mean, I do think that if you're gonna take dark troopers, you should be taking the six man units. Yep, for sure. Um I I'm not convinced you're taking both the ranged heavies anymore. I I could be I could be persuaded that the heavy weapons are different. Um, I know that sounds like blasphemy. I'm sorry, <laughs> um, but just just because I do think like just like getting your dark troopers into melee is also like a reasonable strategy. Um, but it, but you definitely have to take six. I think if if you want them to not just die, and I think to and this doesn't work great with remnants so maybe this answers my question but you you want to try and make a case for aggressive tactics also oh, if you can get it in there. yeah 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 for sure so i almost think i would rather i'd run them with like krennic yeah uh, i mean i remember empire list uh cory was running a krennic double dark trooper list at uh the last time we went to new jersey um and he he was the other X and O list that won an invite. Um, still scary. Yeah. You know. Um, yeah. And putting standbys on Dark Troopers also also pretty good. Unstrippable ones. Mostly unstrippable. Mostly, yeah. Force Bush obviously can do it still, but. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, also, you know, some, something as simple as like Voracious Ambition. A one-pip cunning when you got Dark Troopers on the table. Yeah. Yeah, which is turns out like you're probably going to draw a heavy out of your bag for that for that one. Yeah, is it because you probably have four tokens in the bag? Right, right exactly. Yeah, um, and if you don't draw one, you've well, drawn everything your, else. Your, your your bag's probably just heavy tokens. Right. right? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, no, I definitely think that there's there's play there. I you know I think um, at its core, I think maybe to sum this discussion up. I think Empire has a really hard time right now just 
winning i think any individual game is very winnable i think consistency is tough for empire because of the fragility of their units um that we've sort of i think highlighted today uh and i think any way that you can like mitigate that M mitigating that is going to lead you to a lot more success uh and and making sure that you keep those units alive for longer is going to i i know that like that sort of sounds like well just keep your stuff alive you'll lose less <laughs> but but it, that's not really what i mean it's it, it, i think it's kind of going out of your way to keep your stuff alive I, very intentionally M more than like go above and beyond yeah yeah i'm actually mulling like just including protector irg just as a thing um i know taking up a special forces slot isn't ideal but as much as I've been using Chewie and been super impressed with him, Protector IRG is pretty much objectively better at doing Chewie's job than Chewie is because they have red saves and they have almost the same amount of wounds. Uh, now, obviously, the offense, I, I think I'd rather have Chewie's bowcaster most of the time, unless you're talking about flacking stuff in melee than like a Protector IRG pool. But Really, from a guardian perspective, they're the same costs. Ninety-five points for like a, if you take the electro and protector. Uh, Chewie's ninety-five points with protector. They've got eight wounds. He's got nine. They have red saves. He's got a t-shirt save. So, um, you know, at least as far as that like one specific role is concerned, I think Empire might have an underutilized tool there. Uh, yeah, I I would agree with you. Um, I would even go as far as to say that maybe you shouldn't take the electro staff if that's your plan. Yeah. Um, because right now you're you're gonna need them to guardian pierce shots almost definitely like that's yep. the thing that they're going to be doing the most right and by the time that you get them to melee they're going to be crap anyways like yeah that's fair the, o the only reason to take the electro staff is to i think increase the amount of wounds because you have two extra access wounds. to right yeah um i'm just once you're in the like a hundred point range for a guardian unit, I'm a little I'm a little sus on it, I think. Um that's fair. Whereas like, you know, what's protectors four points these days? Like you can take a five. Five. Seventy-four point IRG unit. It's basically a core unit that guard it's basically like a boil unit that does the boil thing better. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, because boil doesn't typically have access to protector. Doesn't have access to protector and only can peel one as opposed to two. Right. Um, you know, so yeah, definitely a thing I think uh, Imperial players should kind of look at doing more often. Um, it's it's funny we we're talking we were talking about a list that will will not be not be named until post worlds, um, <laughs> before this cast, and we had basically this exact discussion. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's interesting. I'm interested in exploring some territory with yeah. those guys, particularly once Inquisitors show up. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I did try, I will say I, I tried a Darth Vader double Inquisitor. I want to say it was triple IRG list. <laughs> I think the IRG were naked, just so okay. Like Still, they weren't they weren't like full IRG. The fact that that's a sentence. <laughs> 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 um it, yeah, how it was, was it? all right 
I, okay. I I only played it once. It's not. It wasn't really my cup of tea, but it's definitely a thing you can do to make your opponent mad. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that leans a little bit too much into the RG. Like I'd, if you've got Vader and two Inquisitors, do you really need? Th- I mean, I, maybe you take one unit of RG for Guardian reasons, but do you really need like three? Well, it was just the the idea was to basically like pin your opponent's units with the IRG and then they they literally can't do anything about it because I can't force push your dudes out because of the inquisitors right correct yeah so you just like you tie up all of the things you're not killing with the IRG and then kill Uh everything else with Vader basically Vader and the inquisitors yeah 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 um so and yeah it was it I did it as a meme and at the Uh end of the game I was like Mm, I mean, if I got better at this, it could be good. I don't know. Um, I mean, if you think about the fact, too, that if you use new ways to motivate them on your Inquisitors, they can triple move into melee with stuff. Oh, uh, yeah. No, it's it's definitely gross. And it was like, I didn't even really think about the game. I just, I literally WQ'd it. Like, I was just like, yep, uh, we set up on battle lines. I set up across from you. I double move across. Like, I, it it was not like... There's not a lot of strategy nuance to what you're doing. No, no. And and there definitely could have been for sure. Uh, but I just like, yeah, it was like at the end of turn one, like I was like range one away from their entire army with like two Inquisitors, Vader, and three units of IRG. And I think I'd have to go back and maybe it was only two units of IRG. I definitely had heavy weapons and three Stormtrooper squads. <laughs> <laughs> like... <laughs> Like, like I, I, like I had T twenty ones or something like shooting behind it. Like it was, it was, it felt a little silly, um, but you know, I is that good? I think Wookiees probably silly to that list alive. Yeah, because the whole premise of that list is like you want to be getting as close to your opponent as quickly as possible, and Wookiees are like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, <please>. great. <laughs> Hit me with your crappy lightsabers, please. Right. Yes. <laughs> um anyhow uh but irg yeah i think irg are definitely they've always been in the imperial arsenal um take them out for a spin yeah all right any any final thoughts um come to golden sprue it'll be a awesome time um leave us uh any comments about stuff you want to hear about as far as Imperial shenanigans in the comments or if you thought we were right or wrong? I love hearing if I'm wrong. It's great. Um, but uh, yeah, 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 we'd love to love to hear feedback. So that's that's what I got. All right. Awesome. Well, we are the Notorious Scoundrels. I'm Kyle. And I'm Mike. Stay fresh. Cheese bags. <laughs>